Well, we're two messages into our Christmas series. We're, the Christmas series is entitled Christmas Reactions. Christmas Reactions. And we have two messages to go. And, and it's hard to believe we only have 12 days until Christmas. Right? Where has this, this month gone? And so uh, we've been studying how people in the Christmas story react to Jesus. How do they react to the gift of Jesus? And so, so far, we have seen three reactions. We looked at the familiar story in Matthew 2 of the visit of the wise men to baby Jesus. And in that story, we saw two reactions. Let me remind you of these reactions. First, we saw apathetic indifference. In that story in Matthew, the scribes, the religious leaders... Uh, knew a lot about Jesus, but that knowledge never made any real impact on their lives. They answered the religious questions correctly, but then they just went back to life as usual. See, the gift of Christmas, the gift of Christ, it should change us. It should move us. It should cause us to seek a deeper knowledge of Jesus Christ. It should cause us to to seek a deeper relationship with Jesus. The second reaction we saw in that first section of Matthew was joyful worship. As James talked about, being joyful. The wise man, they were joyful. They, they saw the divine created star that was guiding them to Jesus, and, and they were jumping for joy. And, and then they come to Christ, and, and, they, and they bow down in humble worship. See, the gift of Christ, it, it should bring overwhelming joy. When we think about the gift of Christ, we should have smiling faces. <laughs> we should. It is, it is exciting. It's, it's hopeful. It is joyful. And that should be true in our lives. And then it should also lead us to, to this aspect of humble worship. And, and the important word there is humble. Remember in the story, these wise men were important people. I mean, they had wealth. They had mass resources. And, and they were probably the, the leaders of their country. And yet when they come to Jesus, a little baby, maybe one, maybe two, we don't know, but they bow down, face down before Jesus. That's humble worship. You see, they recognized in Jesus that he is the treasure above all other treasures. And so when we think about the gift of Christ, we should have this joyful expression. We should have this this joy in our hearts, and it should lead us into humble worship, understanding that He's the treasure, not us, not our things. And then last week, we, we continued in Matthew 2, and we looked at what I think is kind of a neglected part of the Christmas story. So after the wise men leave, you remember that that Herod gets furious. The wise men didn't come back and report to him. And so he orders that all of the baby boys, two years and younger, in Bethlehem and that area be killed. And so we looked at this, the Christ's escape to Egypt and the Bethlehem massacre. And we saw a third reaction, a third reaction, fearful 
rejection. Fearful rejection. King Herod sees Jesus as a threat. He's a threat to his plans and his desires. He's a threat to his power and his status. And so he seeks to rid his life of Jesus at any cost. Herod refuses to acknowledge that Jesus is our rightful king. And the gift of Christmas, it brings us a new king. We must embrace Jesus as the king of our lives and seek to obey him with all we do. So today, we're going to look at a couple more reactions, and we're going to move to a different passage, back to a more familiar part of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. If you don't have a Bible with you, then hopefully you can find a chair Bible somewhere around you. It is on page 8. 57 of that share Bible, page 857. Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. You listen as I read God's word. It says this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told them. So this is a familiar account. The angel appears to the shepherds in the field, and he announces the the magnificent birth of Christ. I want you to notice the the first reaction we see in this passage in verse 9 is fear. Verse 9 says they were filled with fear. The shepherds were filled with great fear. Fear. But this is not really a reaction to the gift of Jesus as much as it's a reaction to to the unexpected. It's a reaction to this, this stunning event that takes place. You see, it's not every day that you see an angel. And so that's stunning. It's it's shocking. And, and but it's not just the appearance of an angel. Verse 9 says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And importantly, the glory of the Lord shone around them. So you have this this angel appearing, but then you have this dazzling display of the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. What is that? The glory of the Lord is, is this majestic kind of 
associated with, Jesus, with, with God. It's, it's this greatness that is associated with God. It's this brilliance and brightness that surrounds the presence of God himself. It's the visible revealing of God's majesty and grandeur. From Scripture, we know that sometimes this is displayed as a cloud. Sometimes it's displayed as as smoke. Other times it's a burning fire. And then other times it's this brilliant, blinding light. See, typically, I think when we read this passage, we, we think in terms of this bright, glowing light of the angel. And we miss the idea that it wasn't the angel that was glowing. It was everything around the angel was glowing. It was the glory of the Lord that began lighting up this area. In fact, we don't really know what it looked like. We don't have any idea what the scene really looked like. All we know is it was stunning. It was unmistakable. You couldn't miss it. And it was frightening, right? When, when the shepherds see the glory of the Lord, they are afraid. I mean, they are scared. And when we think about it, that's a proper reaction. It's appropriate to be fearful when we are in the presence of the glory of God. You see, as sinful men and women, we have to ask ourselves, how how can I possibly stand in the presence of a holy and perfect God? How could I? We should feel fear. Fear that God will, in that moment, require justice for all the things that we have done. That immediately, in the presence of God, he'll say, I demand justice. You see, we should feel fear. And we should feel fear because we'll be exposed. Nothing is hidden from God. All of our sins will be exposed, and we feel the condemnation that comes with God's perfection and holiness and and lack of any kind of evil. So fear, I think, is really appropriate. The the shepherds, they, they sense the presence of God himself, and they're fearful. And the angel addresses this reaction. He commands them, do not fear. And that's really the gospel. Do not fear. You see, the angel explains God's presence is not about doom and calamity and judgment. No, God has come to bring salvation. He has come to bring joy. He's come to give us the gift of Christ, not fear, Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us, the King of kings, he was born. The Prince of Peace, the the light of the world, the Son of God, he was born. And so the angel rightfully says, don't fear. No, this is good news. Don't don't fear being consumed by God's wrath. Don't fear being exposed and condemned in your sin. Jesus has come not to bring judgment, but to bring joy, peace, through the salvation that Christ 
brings. This is good news, folks. This is really good news. Jesus Christ was born. And he was laid in a manger. A feeding trough. But he didn't stay there. No, he, he lived a perfect, sinless life. And then he was crucified on a cross. He was a sacrifice. The sinless Lamb of God was put on the cross, not for his sins, but for our sins, for my sins. He took my place on that cross, and he was buried, and he rose on the third day saying, there's victory over sin and death. And he ascended to the right hand of God. James Gregory read that passage. And it says that he is coming back in the same way. And for all who believe in Jesus Christ. And all who believe that he was born and he died. And he he rose again and he ascended and he's coming back. For all who believe, there is great joy. There's great joy. We will be in the presence of God forever, standing with the covering of Christ on us, forgiven of our sins and made right with God. That is good news, folks. That is good news. And that's what the angel says. Don't fear. There's good news. Salvation has now come through this baby, Jesus Christ, the Lord. See, that should be our reaction. It's, it's this, this kind of praise, this kind of idea that, that we have joy in the good news of Jesus Christ. Fear not. Fear should not be our reaction. Joy should. Now, amazingly, as soon as this good news is proclaimed, a crowd of angels burst onto the scene. This is another reaction we see in the story. Look again at verses 13 and 14. It says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I think this is this is amazing part of the story. God sends one angel to tell the good news. Of the birth of Jesus Christ. But one angel just won't be good enough for the reaction that comes to that good news. And so God sends an army of angels, a a multitude of the heavenly host, and, 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 and they are amazed, right? These angels that live in the heavens, that dwell with God, they are astounded at what God has done. Think about that. For thousands of years, these angels have been looking forward to the birth of the Savior. For thousands of years. And the day is finally here. And they explode in praise. They break into this glorious two-line song. They praise God. They knew he was coming. They knew it was going to happen because God is faithful in everything he does. And so they knew this day was coming, but yet they're still amazed and overwhelmed at the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And so what do they do? They do the only thing they can do. 
they glorify God. They break out in incredible praise. Praise that God has brought peace through Jesus Christ. He was born to die so that we might have peace with God. And they're singing. Again, this should be our reaction, folks. With all we are and all we have, we should be glorifying God. We should be praising Him. The Christmas season should be especially praiseful. It should be praiseful. Is that even a word? It should be full of praise. We should be shouting and singing. Do we understand what Christmas is? This is the announcement of salvation that has come to earth. And so we should be singing praises and glorifying God. We should make a big deal of grace. We should be making a big deal of God's salvation. Don't let, Christ, don't let Christ be an afterthought of the season. Don't just throw him in. No, he is the central aspect of the season. Spend some time this season glorifying God with your family, with your friends. Take opportunities at those, those Christmas gatherings. You know what? Can we just stop and praise God for what he has done? Amen. Take some time to glorify God. That should be our reaction to the gift of Christ. But what about the shepherds? Back to the shepherds and their reaction. Remember what happens. This is verse 15 and 16. It says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. I think this is interesting contrast to what we saw in the scribes. Remember the scribes, they, they knew about Jesus. They knew where he was going to be born, and they answer the question, and then they just go right about life. They don't even try to travel with the Magi a mere six miles to see if this was actually true. But what happens here? The, the, the shepherds, they hear this news, and they're moved to seek after Jesus. They're moved by the knowledge of the truth of who Christ is. They drop everything. I mean, the way the scripture's written, it seems like they just leave the sheep, they're on night watch, and they just go and seek out Jesus. They're moved to action, moved to seek after Jesus. And then unlike Herod, which we remember, he was fearful. But here the shepherds, the fear did not move them to run away from Jesus. It didn't move them to try to get rid of Jesus, to rid this, their lives of Jesus. No, they're moved to know the truth even more deeply. Did they believe the truth? Absolutely. But I guarantee you, when they saw the Christ, that truth settled deeply into their heart. You see, that's the reaction. We should be seeking more of Christ, not less. We never have enough of Jesus, ever. We can always seek more, deeper. That's what we should be doing. Press into the truth of Christ this Christmas. Read Scripture. Read Isaiah. Read the prophecies about what the prophets said was going to happen. Press into the truth of Christ. 
Now look at verses 17 through 20. So then when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told him. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. I think when we we think about the Christmas story, especially this part of, of Luke, the announcement of the angels, and they're in the field, and there's darkness, and there's stars all around, we, we typically think of the shepherds as worshipers. We typically think that, that the ones that are the first to lay eyes on God in flesh, that they would have, like the wise men, bowed down at his feet. They would, have, they would have emptied their pockets or maybe like, here, here's a sheep. I don't know. That's all I have. You know, they would have done some kind of worship act or something. But it's interesting, is it not, that that's not the reaction that Luke highlights. He doesn't highlight that the shepherds sang some song when they came to the manger or gave gifts. Luke doesn't tell us the shepherds bowed down. doesn't say that they, hey, they recounted, I mean, said a praise song. Now, when they left, sure, verse 20 says that they, they had a skip in their step, right? They, they had joy. They were praising God as they left and glorifying God. But that's not what happens when they first see baby Jesus, at least according to Luke. Their reaction is not bowing down in worship, but interestingly, proclamation. That's their reaction. Proclamation. Look again at verses 17 and 18. It says, And when they saw it, the it there is the sign, Jesus in the manger, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds' reaction is proclamation. They made known the saying that had been told them. Now, who who did they proclaim to? Well, we don't know for sure. Maybe it was just Mary and Joseph. But it seems odd that they would say all who heard. So it may have been that there were family or friends there uh, along with the birth. Or it could have even been that as they were going, they were telling people too. They were telling people, the neighbors and, and people they saw, they were just sharing the truth. They were proclaiming what they had heard. That's what they proclaimed. I can kind of imagine the conversation, something like this. We were, we were in the fields all alone, tending to our sheep, and, and bam, out of nowhere, this gnarly, ferocious creature came. He was flying in the air. Thinking about it, it must have been an angel. And I guarantee you, I was scared. But then guess what? That that angel said something to me. He said, fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy. For unto you this day in King David's city, a Savior has been born for you. Christ the Lord. Amazing. It was amazing news. I'd never heard anything like that before. And then all of a sudden... 
army of angels appeared in the sky. I was still a bit scared. It turns out that those angels were actually choir. And they sang the most beautiful song you'd ever heard. Glory to God in the highest. For he has brought peace to the world. And then as soon as they were there, they were gone. And that angel, he, he told us that we could, we, we could know the truth of this because there would be a son. That baby, that Savior that was born will be wrapped in cloth, and he'd be lying in a manger. And I thought to myself, in a manger? What is a Savior doing in a manger? And we talked to each other, and we're like, we've got to go see this. And so they, that's why we're here. We are here because we want to see the Christ, the Savior, the Lord who has been born. You see, that's what the shepherds did. They proclaimed. They, they proclaimed the good news. Jesus, the Savior, has been born. This should be our reaction, folks. Church, this should be our reaction to Christmas. We should be speaking the truth about Christ's birth. We should be explaining to others why Christmas is so special. Because we know, right? We know why Christmas is special. It's not because of the lights and the decorations. It's not because we get time off of work. It's not because of the, the great meals we're going to have or the fun family celebrations. It's not even because we're maybe get some things on our wish list. The reason Christmas is so special is because it marks the day when God came in flesh to save sinners like you and me. How could we not share that truth? Proclamation. That's what we should be all about. Proclamation. God sent his son, born and placed in a major, to die. That's why he was born, so that he could Die and save us, providing forgiveness for our sins and providing righteousness that was His so that we could be made right with God. See, we should be sharing that. Our reaction to the gift of Christmas, proclaim the good news. Share the truth of Christ. So I want to give you a challenge this morning, a two-part challenge. First of all, I invite you to pick up a track or two in the foyer. There's some Christmas tracks out there. If you don't know what a track is, it's just a short gospel summary. And, and, and it's, it's usually they're very helpful to summarize the gospel, lead people to the truth. So pick up a track. And then I want you to write a note on it. Just a simple note. In your handwriting, I want you to read this so you know the truth about Christmas. And if you have any questions, if you just want to talk about it, give me a call. And then put your number. Put your name and your number on there. And then take this track, or two, or three, and give it to someone who is far 
from the Lord. Now, maybe they're already a believer. It's okay. This will just be a sweet reminder to them about their Savior, Jesus Christ. And maybe it will, it will cause them to, to turn back to Jesus. But maybe they're not a believer, and maybe this may be the first time they've ever thought about what Christmas really means. So take a track, put a note on it, and give it to someone. That's, that's challenge part one. Challenge part two is who's your one? Who's your one? So we've been doing this for a couple weeks, a couple months maybe. I can't remember. But hopefully you've got a bracelet. You're wearing it. Um, this, this is just an easy reminder. We challenged the church several weeks ago um, to find one person. One person. If everyone in here found one person that didn't know the Lord and were able to share the gospel with them, how would that change our community? One person. So simple, four simple steps. Identify, pray, serve, and chat. Identify. Ask the Lord to show you one person. One person who needs to know the Lord. And then pray for that person. Pray for yourself that you would have opportunities to, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. And then serve them. Love them. Show them kindness. Do something nice for them. And then lastly, proclaim. Chat. Share the good news of Jesus Christ. So with this, I'm just continuing this challenge. Who's your one? Find your one. But in Christmas time, it's so good of an opportunity. Maybe you could get your one, just a small little gift, and you could give it to them. And when you give it to them, you could ask them an easy question like this. Do you know why I give gifts at Christmas? And hopefully they'll say, no, why? And you can tell them, I give gifts at Christmas because it reminds me that I've been given the best gift ever. Oh, what's that? It's Jesus Christ, my Savior. Proclaim the good news of Christmas. What is our reaction to the gift of Jesus? Joy. Absolute joy. It should be praise. Absolute glorifying God for what he has sent and it should be proclamation. We should share the truth that we know about Christmas. Let's pray.